Hi doctor, are you currently seeing patients with shoulder pain? What about frozen shoulder? What if I could teach you a neurological treatment system in which you could literally take a person from frozen, frozen shoulder to a full range of motion in two visits? And this system is so powerful that we guarantee results in two visits or we don't accept the patient for care. Hi, I'm Dr. Andy Barlow. I'm a board certified chiropractic neurologist. I also carry a fellowship in functional neurology and every Wednesday night at 5 p.m. I'm giving a one hour seminar free of charge. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help your community. I'm here to help our profession go to the next level. I personally look forward to seeing you every Wednesday night. I want to, I want to completely change your life and change your community's life. And I can help you do that because I've helped hundreds if not thousands of doctors from Europe to Canada all the way to New Zealand with these types of health issues, okay? So I look forward to seeing you Wednesday night at 5 p.m. Central on the webinar. Have a great day. I look forward to seeing you on the internet. Probably have an old school website, just like this old school Voltron from the 80s. Here's the thing, video websites are dominating the entire internet right now. But only 3% of people have video websites. What is a video website? When there's continual movement. The beautiful thing about continual movement is that when you have movement, it keeps the buyer wanting to stay on the website. Here's the beautiful thing. If you look here at Dr. Mo's website, he is dominating, dominating, dominating. His website's everywhere. Not only that, but he's omnipresent. It's about time to get you out of the static world websites where they don't move, doesn't do anything for you, but come into the video websites where we dominate Google and get you omnipresent. It's time to step in the future of marketing. Make sure you click on the button in the bottom for a consultation and we'll get back with you. Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Anthony with Edge on Regenerative Medicine Show. I have a special guest today, uh, Matt Fishback. Great thing about Matt, uh, we, we actually have something in common. Uh, you know, he's an ex-tennis pro guy, and, and uh, I am also. And uh, the great thing about Matt is he does something that's different. He's not a doctor. I normally have doctors on my show. And um Matt is at AmbroseCellTherapy.com, AmbroseCellTherapy.com. He's the founder and CEO at Ambrose Cell Therapy in Tampa, Florida. Um, today, we're going to have a, a, a great title that is going to open up, unlock a lot of, um, I call them key doors. You need a key to, um, to open these up. And this is going to be called the Golden Era of Healthcare. And where are we headed? So, Matt, uh, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we go into the golden era, like about yourself and how you you, you got into um, you know cell therapy. Well, thank you. Um, so, yeah, I have a pretty unconventional path. I think most people that are are successful don't necessarily uh, end up being successful in the area that they originally planned. But my story is even more circuitous in the fact, in the sense that I barely graduated from high school. I didn't go to college and no joke, my worst subject was biology. Wow. So, so when I got out of high school, um, 
I had the choice between being a burger flipper at McDonald's or an ice cream scooper at Baskin Robbins or teaching tennis like you did mm -hmm. uh, because uh, I played some competitive tennis as a kid. Sorry, you'll have to cut this out. I got to clear my throat. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry about that. <clears throat> so I am. Um, so I, I've been teaching tennis in Northern California, really in what we now call Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. And I was, at, uh, I actually taught at private homes and I ended up teaching kind of the leading guys in the investment business in the Bay Area. A former partner, Goldman Sachs, one of the founders of a firm called Montgomery Securities, Chuck Schwab, George Roberts from KKR. So I had these great clients and I'd be at their houses anywhere from one to five times a week. Like there were some of these who just wanted to hit balls with me and that kind of thing <laughs> pretty regularly. And one day I realized I was on the wrong side of the net. These were very smart guys. They were very generous. They were kind to me. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, hey, I should be in the investment business too. So I actually took a correspondence course because this was the wow. late 70s. So we didn't have the internet mm -hmm. on securities analysis. And I really got into balance sheets and income statements. So I went from not only being a biology flunky, but also a math flunky wow. to really understanding financial analysis. And without going too far afield from what we're gonna ultimately talk about, I started one of the earliest hedge funds with my twin brother and my older brother. Mm -hmm. And it was called Feshback Brothers. So we took that from 20,000 under management to a billion in about nine years of which of that billion, about 600 million was actually organic growth or profit for the investors. Wow. So that was very successful, but <clears throat> for our strategy, 1991 wasn't a great year. Mm -hmm. So by 92, I felt like, you know, it wasn't really what I wanted to do. We unwound that. I started investing for myself and come 2008, 2009, I went through another tough cycle. Um, but in 2009, a friend of mine asked me if I knew what a stem cell was. And I was like, no, I have no idea. So I quickly learned what it was. I told my twin brother about it. We found out that there are certain stem cells and what we call other regenerative cells in your fat mm -hmm. that have been used in different clinical trials. And they looked very promising for things like heart disease, um, multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, things like that. And I thought, wow, you know, if this really works, it's the, like the best idea ever, exactly. far better than, so I invested in a public company that didn't really work, but I started what some people call the first purpose-built cell therapy center of excellence in the world using the technology of the company that I invested in, but I did it in the Bahamas because it wasn't legal here. And that's how I got to here. Oh, wow. And how, so how long have you been? So how long were you in the Bahamas? Well, so I started a center there called Okeanos and I was, we, uh, we did our first patient in 2014 oh, wow. and um, I sold it to a group in 2017. Sadly, it's not, it's no longer um, operating, but 
around 2018, in May of 2018, there was a federal law that was passed here in the United States called the Federal Right to Try Law. Mm-hmm. And it gave me the ability to do, um, to provide cell therapy to, to people in the United States under this federal law. Hmm. Wow, it's amazing. So I've really been doing this. We've been, you know, I've been involved in the field since 2009, uh, researching it, et cetera, and started treating patients, not me, but our doctors in 2014. So I've got about six years of uh, what they call clinical experience. Okay. Well, that's amazing. So let's, let's, uh, let's jump into it. I, I know that um, we were, our title was, you know, let's talking about the, the golden era of healthcare and, and where is it right now? Where are we headed? And, and golden era of healthcare, what, you know, how would you explain it to our viewers out there? Well, in 1991, there was a, a stem cell researcher named Arnold Kaplan. He's still around and he's at Case Western. And he wrote a paper where he discussed what he called self-cell repair. What he was saying is you have these stem cells in your body. Right. <coughs> They're called mesenchymal, excuse me. They're called mesenchymal stem cells. Mm-hmm. And you could harvest those cells for him. Originally it was out of the bone marrow. Then they were discovered in fat. And you could use those to treat all sorts of chronic diseases. And he looked at these cells, these mesenchymal stem cells, and he said, in in a Petri ditch, they turn into bone and cartilage and fat and neurons and muscle. So then he said they're adult stem cells. Mm -hmm. But they do more than that. And in fact, in the body, probably the last thing and the least predictable thing is for them to grow new tissues. Like I just described, they're really signaling cells. So he later said, Hey, let's rename these, forget about quantum stem cells. Let's call them medicinal signaling cells. Hmm. Interesting. And that is the basis. These medicinal signaling cells are the basis of what I believe could be a, uh, a golden era of healthcare because they're safe. They help people. And, you know, they come from the person's own body. So as long as they're clinical grade, they're, um, it's a remarkable thing. And if you look at the standard of care we have, I don't mean to go on and on, but if you look at the standard of care, the real problem that we have is we aren't curing anything. We have, you know, whether it's surgeries, drugs, or devices, there are a lot of people who do benefit from surgery, but there are a huge population of people who get back surgery and still have back pain or knee surgery and they end up with arthritis or um, they get, you know, a bypass surgery for their heart, but they still have heart failure. So those, you know, or they're taking meds and they're not really that much better with the med and they're getting all sorts of side effects. So the great thing about these cells, these medicinal signaling cells is no side effects and there's the potential to 
actually make the patient or help the patient feel better, do more, improve their quality of life. I love that. I, I, I like the way that you, uh, you put it. My, my question to you would be, so the stem cells that you're utilizing is from the person's body. I know that there's other types of cells that, 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 um, that can be used. Um, do you think the, the ones that are preferred from, from the body heal better um, than the way um, there are other stem cells that, you know, that, that, that are being used from the umbilical cord and stuff like that. So, but I know there's a big, there's a lot of a warning on that. There's a lot of a red tape of good pro, pros and, 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 and uh, ne negative and positive. So are you utilizing umbilical or is it just from the own body? Yeah, so we only use uh, stem cells and what we call other regenerative cells, the mixed population of cells right. from your fat. Right. And there's a reason, and <clears throat> this is a, a poorly understood uh, point, and then it becomes controversial because you start debating with people who don't understand it in the first place. Right. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is... <clears throat> Theoretic, not even theoretically, we have we have these stem cells, and in fact, all these other cells in our bodies, in, you know, in all the tissues of our bodies, right. right? They're in our skin, our teeth, our bone marrow, and but most abundantly, they're in our fat. Mm -hmm. So, in our bone marrow, we're born when we're born. One in every ten thousand cells is a stem cell. By the time you're eighty, it's one in two million. So. For sure, if you were going to use bone marrow stem cells, use them when you're young. <coughs> or use a donor. Right. But there, you know, using a donor gets to be complex. Like who was the donor? How are the cells cultured? Blah, blah, blah. Am I going to get an allergic reaction? I mean right. You can, you know, even though there's supposedly immunoprivilege, meaning you won't have a bad reaction, mm -hmm. the truth is there are many studies that show at least short-term mm -hmm. adverse reactions. So then you're not, there's not enough stem cells in our skin, and we're not going to harvest them from other places. So the only other place to go is fat. And there are studies that have shown there are up to 2,500 times more of these stem cells in a gram of fat than a gram of bone marrow. But the wow. interesting thing is that your fat, the, the purpose of these cells in your fat is to keep the fat alive. So they, they live on the outside and the inside of blood vessels. And their whole job is to just keep those blood vessels working and replace those blood vessels if for some reason they die off. And so that, that the stem cells in your fat are kind of sequestered. They're not subject to the same kind of um, influences, negative influences of aging that bone marrow cells are. So we did over 300 patients in the Bahamas. And what was interesting is we found typically that older people had higher yields and higher viability than younger people. Hmm. And another angle at that is that even when you're old, you can still gain weight and you can't gain that weight without those stem cells keeping that fat alive. Right. 
So then <clears throat> I can get into the umbilical cord and the amniotic tissue and amniotic fluid if you'd like. Yeah, so I wanna back up just a little bit. So are, are you saying that, or from what you've seen that stem cells from your fat work better than from the umbilical cord? Or are I they believe different things? Yeah, I believe it's the most accessible, abundant and potent source of a person's own stem cells. Now umbilical cord obviously are all donor to begin with. Correct. Mm -hmm. right. So then if you get a donor cell, even though people say this isn't the case, you can get an, uh, an immune reaction if you don't have what's called HLA matching. Okay. And about 20% of uh, patients are actually don't have HLA matching with the donor. So if you go to a, a true umbilical cord, like uh, blood bank or stem cell bank, and you want to use those cells, they'll tell you, well, you have to test those cells to be sure. You, you have to actually get your own blood test to be sure that you're an, you're an HLA match. Okay. That makes sense. Are the pricing pretty much similar? I know that the average pricing in the U.S. for, let's say, I'm going to throw this out there for like knee pain would be about $4,500, $5,000 for just use, utilize, say, one knee. Are they pretty substantial? Yeah. No, but, but it's because we don't do a single knee. So one of the things about this right to try law that I mentioned and where the real golden um, golden age of healthcare, golden era of healthcare will end up occurring is that the, the law says, look, the patient has to have a life-threatening or even terminal illness. Okay. And when you hear life-threatening, you're like, well, you mean you're going to die tomorrow? No. <laughs> but the FDA, how the FDA defines a life-threatening disease is that ultimately you could die from it. But, <coughs> excuse me, even if you don't die from that disease, that disease can just be debilitating. So we know plenty of people who aren't going to die from a bad back, but it's pretty damn debilitating. And even more to the point, most people, particularly people my age, I'm a baby boomer. You're a bit younger than me, right? But behind even at, right behind you. <laughs> but you know, even people now in their, we're starting to see more and more people in their 40s and 50s, even 30s, getting chronic diseases you know, autoimmune conditions, that kind of thing, not just wear and tear diseases, right? And those people almost, you know, so people like who have a bad back usually have a bad shoulder or they have a bad knee or they have a bad hip. It's never just they one. Have, yeah, as I like to say, there's um, never just one cockroach. So... <laughs> That's an old investment term. So, um, so the point is, what the so what the federal right to try law does is it gives us this patient population we call a no option patient, a patient who is looking at oh, it's not just a back surgery; it's back surgery, a hip replacement, 
and a knee replacement. There's a lot of people that do the one and done. <laughs> well, they do the one and done in the sense that they're looking for a cure. And if it doesn't work, they go, oh, you know, this was a ripoff. In our case, you know, we, we kept good stats and we really believe about 85 to 90% of our patients have a sustained benefit to a greater or lesser degree. No two right. patients block. Wow. So, okay, I'm loving this. So I, what, I, what I'm seeing right now, especially in the, um, I call it in the, in the healthcare industry, there's a lot of, of course, people giving misinformation, but what I'm seeing is um, I'm not hearing a lot about the cells that are within the fat. It's very few people or very few doctors that are actually talking about that. And I'm seeing that there's um, a lot of people that are getting, whether it's being healed or they're feeling better in their body. So it still reacts just like, I don't want to say it reacts the exact same, but like the mesenchymal cell, I know that if, if say you're having a heart issue or let's say you have a, not a heart issue, we'll use a, you know, a, a, you know, elbow issue. Um, it'll actually go right to the um, inflammation. This does exact same thing in, in prop. That's what I'm hearing you say. Is that correct? Correct. Do, do you but see what's clear up? to be clear? Let's say you put, cells into the vein IV. Okay. Certain parts of the body where you just are not going to get that much distribution like a joint. Okay. You need to do direct. But the other side of the coin is that patients, again, particularly in their 50s, 60s, 70s, tend to have chronic systemic inflammation. And you have this negative feedback loop between the the local disaster and this underlying systemic inflammation. So, so the IV addresses that and the cells can go to certain organs. Mm -hmm. There are good biodistribution studies. This is another controversial point, but there are good biodistribution studies that show mesenchymal stem cells will uh, go to the liver, the kidneys, even into the immune system through the spleen even to the brain, these cells are actually have some um, DNA in them that allows them to permeate the blood brain barrier. Um, and then there are other little tips and tricks to actually help them get through that blood brain barrier. But again, at the end of the day, um, <clears throat> they're not gonna, they're not really gonna go into the shoulder and do much for you. So we would inject in the shoulder directly, plus we would do a systemic infusion. Okay. Well, I like that. I like the fact that this is how, because there's a lot of people, um, you know, especially a lot of veterans, there's a lot of people that are, that have a, a major problem with, with a degeneration, especially uh, in the spine and, uh, you know, struggling with arthritis, you know, back pain, neck pain, joint pain, um, and, and a lot of people think they, they, they just need to live with it. And that's, the, I think that's the problem is that with what you, with what you and your team is doing, you're, you're, you're utilizing something that's already inside somebody to heal their own body instead of taking it from somebody else. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Which is, that's right. I think this most smartest thing that we have the healing with inside us is just how do we get that to activate, to start right. to heal our entire body? Right. And that's that self 
cell repair thing that uh, Dr. Uh-huh. Kaplan wrote about in 1991. And here we are 19 years later. And, you know, in our case, we've treated, or, you know, again, the facilities that I've started have treated over 300 patients. And yeah, your own cells can heal your body. But it's not, you know, again, it's not as simple as, well, go to any doctor who tells you that they're going to get stem cells from your fat and it's going to work because they may not have a clinical grade product. They may not understand how to inject it, right? They may not have a very good yield. Hmm. When you say clinical grade, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So you, you, let's say you take the fat and you put it into a centrifuge, Mm -hmm. right? And then you have an enzyme and you spin it. Well, if there's residual enzyme, that enzyme is actually, it's, its job is to tear up the tissue and right. separate the cells, right? So it wouldn't be clinical grade if um, there was residual enzyme in your cellular product or your cellular prep. Another thing from a um, clinical grade perspective is, are, are you manufacturing or doing this processing in a closed sterile system? So there's no risk of you know, some sort of infectious agent getting into the product. So with the umbilical cord blood, there have been multiple reports of it not being actually clinical grade from the, you know, it's, it's uh, not sterile. Right. So we know we have a sterile product because it's going into a closed sterile system mm-hmm. and coming out and it's not, it's, it's, it's never, uh, you know, it's, it's never open. You know, the product is never uh, exposed as, as the word. So that's another thing. And then the other thing is the yield. So if, if you put tissue into a centrifuge and an enzyme and it's a crappy enzyme and not, not a really well-developed or, or um, centrifuge, you might not get very many stem cells to begin with or what we call total nucleated cells, because there's more. So a cell that has a nucleus means there's DNA at that, in that little nucleus. Mm-hmm. And then we know it's an active cell. I see. That so red sense. blood cells are not active because there's no nucleus. Okay. Mm-hmm. White blood cells actually have a nucleus, so they can be active. So we did side-by-side studies and there's actually peer-reviewed literature on this where uh, we compared the the device we use for processing the cells to one that's used by, or I don't know if it's used very much because the FDA came down on them, but it's been used um, in a lot of clinics, you know, plastic surgeons and that kind of thing. And we get up to a hundred times more total nucleated cells than they do. Hmm. So those are three of the components of a really clinical grade, robust cell prep. Wow. I know that you mentioned the FDA. I know that, you know, they've been pretty, they've been watching stem cells for mesocomal stem cells for a while now. And do you, do you, I know there's, it's two different types of cells. You've got, you have your, like we talked about the mesocomal stem cells, and then you have the, 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 the cells from your, your fat or the umbilical cord each, I mean, either, or do you feel that, that there's going to be more of a problem in the future for 
uh, a lot of the doctors or other facilities that are utilizing mesenchymal stem cells that are from umbilical cords? Well, that's our, that, you know, um, that police car has already left the station. So really? the FDA has been coming down, not so much on the doctors, but on the manufacturers. Okay, right. Where the doctors get in trouble is when they make a lot of false claims. Okay. And they say, like, we can cure anything. Like, on one hand, I say, hey, look, we can address a lot of conditions. But, you know, there are doctors out there who, I just saw a little video, some guy on, on LinkedIn, and he's like, yeah, we use the the stem cells from cord blood and, you know, we know it's really good for autoimmune diseases. And, but if you tested the product he's using, you would find there are no stem cells in it. That's the problem. And then there's the risk that, that uh, you don't have a sterile cell prep or whatever that a sterile product Right. So the FDA is coming down on them. And what they do that's interesting is they say, well, you're claiming you're using stem cells. So you need to, you need to get a drug. You need to go through a new drug application. Right. right? And a new drug, it's called 9 mm -hmm. and Then you take that same product and you bring it to an independent lab and there were no stem cells, but then the doctor's claiming there are, and the doctor's also claiming taking, making claims that certain things can really be cured like ALS or whatever, yeah. but maybe you can get some improvement. You can't you say know, the word cure, and that means it would be for everybody. Yeah, I, I call cure a four-letter word. <laughs> wow, unbelievable. So I, I'm, I'm, the reason why I'm asking these questions, because I know that a lot of people are just, they're not, they're, they're not educated and not understanding the, the, the major difference the major difference with what you're doing, um, you're, you're utilizing your own, your own cells to basically uh, heal your own body, which makes a lot more sense. And how long does this process normally take? Does it take an hour or two or is it take one thirty minutes? Because we, we, it takes about two and a half hours because it takes, I'm sorry, about four or five hours because it takes two and a half hours to process the tissue and liberate the cells. Okay. Wow. So if somebody, if I were to come into your, if I were to come into the clinic, um, is this a, a one day process or is this going to be yeah. throughout the week? It's an outpatient. It's outpatient. Okay. The liposuction takes about an hour and it takes a couple hours to liberate the cells. That's three hours. And then you, you know, you reinfuse them. And that, by the time you're done, it's about four and a half or five hours. Can I go straight to work right after that, or should I rest for the rest of the, the uh, day? Oh, liposuction is a little surgery, so you know you're going to rest, and you have to have a caregiver with you because you know we use some anesthesia, that kind of thing. So, but it's still you know five hours, and look, we did a, a woman with lupus. Mm -hmm. <coughs> she had lupus, which is a really tough autoimmune disease. It's sort of a um, Right. different horn of the same devil as rheumatoid arthritis, but it leads to lung involvement. Mm -hmm. And for her, she also had, um, so she was short of breath and that kind of thing, but she also had a, a, an autoimmune eye disease called myasthenia gravis. Wow. 
And she was in pain all the time. And honestly, she said before she got treated, she wanted to, she wanted to give up. It was just not worth it. She was popping mostly anti-inflammatories all day, just trying to control it, but she was out of breath, you know, couldn't participate in family activities. And she'd had lupus since she was 17. She was in her forties. She was a nurse. And, you know, it took, it took about six months, but most of her pain went away. Her lung completely healed. She, her shortness of breath went away. Uh, and she went from a high dose of steroids to a very low dose and basically no, hasn't had any, that I know of, hasn't had any flares of her myasthenia gravis in over five years. But that can't be done with the kind of product that, um, that isn't clinical grade and you have to have the right protocol. So we injected her joints because that she had joint involvement, but we also did an IV of the cells and, you know, really just reduced her inflammation, improved her blood flow. She started to breathe again and she's living a normal life and not popping pills. Love it. That's, I mean, you, know, you mentioned neuropathy. Can I tell you a great neuropathy story? Oh, please do. So we treated a gentleman who was a Vietnam War vent, uh, veteran uh -huh. and he actually had agent orange induced neuropathy. So from the Vietnam War, I think it was 1974, we treated him, I guess it was 2016. So over 30 years later, right? Wow. Or is that over 40 years later? Over 40 years later. I mean, yeah. And, and besides that, he was an air conditioning guy and he, Freon can cause rheumatoid arthritis. So he had rheumatoid arthritis in his hands, peripheral neuropathy in his legs. He couldn't walk without assistance. In fact, he couldn't even walk with a walker because he couldn't feel the ground. And he had some symptoms of heart failure. He may have had a minor heart attack. So he'd get really tired in the afternoon. One of our, uh, one of our most profound and consistent benefits is just energy and sense of well-being. Mm. So we treated him and within a month, he started going back on cruises with his wife and he started dancing with her. Within a couple months, he was walking again and not complaining of his uh, neuropathy. One of his thumbs never really got full function, but his, his hands started to work from the injections we did. And I, I don't remember where else we did the injections. And when he was on the cruise, he stopped taking a nap in the afternoon because he had energy again which is probably an indicator that, you know, maybe he, he got a little uh, cardiac benefit, but we don't really know. Right. But, you know, that was a 40-year-old neuropathy, right? It wasn't like fresh onset. And I talked to his physical therapist a couple of days ago. He doesn't see the guy anymore, but I talked to him and said, you know, um, how's that patient doing? And he's an Italian guy, one of these, you know, right. one of these happy kind of Italian um, patients. But he said, um, he said, you know, he's doing really well. He admits occasionally that his diet is bad and that he, he'd be healthier if he wasn't. But he's not walking with a walker anymore. He doesn't have much, uh, many symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis and he's living a normal life.
and now he's out five years or so. That's why I talked about the golden era of healthcare because that's, awesome. that's never done in medicine and it can't be done with conventional medicine and integrative doctors try to do it. And sometimes they do get some really good results, but you're constantly having to go back and get treated. An IV of this, uh, you know, vitamins, uh, hormones, blah, blah, blah. And these cells do so many things. They actually, you know, fats and endocrine organs. So they actually will improve your, your endocrine system. They'll improve your glucose metabolism really important for diabetics, really important for people with neuropathies. Even a lot of people don't know this, but uh, poor glucose metabolism is highly correlated to brain diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, stroke, and traumatic brain injury. Wow, so you mentioned diabetes. So you've noticed that it's helped with both, with, with, uh, with one and two diabetes? Absolutely. Particularly with a compliant patient. Okay. We have a, one of our very first store uh, patients was a young woman with type one diabetes and she'd been very non-compliant, you know, hated, hated checking her glucose levels, blah, 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 and ended up being hospitalized many times. Wow. So, excuse me. Um, so she got, um, so she ended up with a really horrible neuropathy in her feet to the point where she'd have to take ice cold baths at night wow. before she went to bed. She couldn't put the um, covers over her feet. Her feet just hurt like hell. And again, she'd been hospitalized for it and even been on opioids for it. So we treated her and a month, you know, her feet were better. Um, her A1C was good, but she's not miscompliant. So right. You know, that's part of it is is like, again, it's not a cure, but by the time she was out nine months, not only was she wearing high heels again, because I saw her in New York City and she was engaged and now she's married, but she was playing soccer. Come on. See, I'm not kidding. And I talked to her, I guess now maybe six months ago, and she said that she went to her, um, I guess it was her diabetes doctor and you can do a sweat test for neuropathy right. and hers was perfectly normal. Did you get a video testimonial? No, that's the thing you're going to bust me for, but we got I saw the timing. It was perfect. <laughs> wow. No, that's no, you know what? This is unbelievable. So it, when they do it, so let's say somebody works with your, with, with your, um, at your facility, are they, do they do a check? Is there a checkup every couple months to see how it's going? And then they, is well, there we like, two up with we try to follow up with the patient, but to be honest with you, a lot of these patients, surprisingly, just don't respond to follow-up calls. And it's not but because they're they not. respond if they're in pain, right? They would probably respond if they were in pain. Exactly. But when they're doing they That's don't respond. Thing. Yeah. It's the hardest thing in the whole thing. I love it. That's, that's awesome. So what would you say to somebody right now, to our viewers, people that are in pain um, right now that are on the fence and they've, they've really just given up? And, and, and I don't like to use that word given up because um, 
I believe the reason why a lot of people do give up is because of misinformation, because they're listening to the Google news and the other things on, online that are just not giving the, the correct information. What would you say to someone that's feels like they want to throw in the tell? And uh, the reason why I'm saying that is because, you know, we want them to call the number on the screen to give you a phone call. Yeah. Well, I would say that there is, there's, 150,000 papers that have been written that support the, poten- the safety and the potential effectiveness of self-cell repair. Mm-hmm. And you, but you, have to, um, you have to find a real center of excellence that has the right doctor, the right cell prep, the right protocol, the right facility, and the right um, guidance on aftercare then, you know, there's no one who's really truly hopeless. Or I shouldn't say there's no one because there are some people that are pretty far gone. But, in the, you know, if somebody's somewhat functional and even if they're in pain, they should be able to get off pain meds if they want to. You know, that's one thing is the patient has to want to. But that's I can't you. tell you how many that we were able to help without even telling them to get off their meds. Like we don't tell a patient you need to get off your meds. That's up to you and your primary care. Right. But I can't tell you how many patients did uh, minimize or even stop taking pain meds or even psychotropic drugs like Prozac or Cymbalta or that kind of thing. And that makes me really, really proud that we can not only make patients feel better, but also take them off some of these really, really risky, excuse me, risky drugs. Wow. No, that's amazing. You know, number one, my friends out there in internet land, I I like to just keep it serious here. But of course, with, with some joy, let's, let's share this video. Let's get this video out there. And the reason why is if you're not in pain, I can guarantee you there's somebody on your social media or someone in your circle that's in pain that need to see this. Um, There's a lot of, um, misinformation on the on the internet with with cell therapy and, and, and stem cells and stuff like that i'm not going to go deep into that but i'd like you guys to call the number on the screen you can also go to ambrosecelltherapy.com ambrosecelltherapy.com uh matt thank you so much for for being on the show again everyone matt is uh, the founder and ceo of ambrose self therapy in tampa florida and um i Here's the thing, everyone, sharing is caring. We, we share one video. One video can change somebody's life, especially if you're on LinkedIn, you're on Facebook, Twitter, I don't care. Get it out there. Sharing is caring because we want to change one person's life. Anyways, uh, thank you so much, Matt, for being with us. And I know for a fact, we'll have you on again. Thank you. Thanks, Mark.